0: We welcome you into episode number 18 of the best podcast available. We've moved on from the draft. It is OTA edition, our final OTA week of 2021 before mandatory mini camp next week, and then a hiatus till training camp at the end of July. I'm Jason Gibbs alongside Andrew Gribble. Coming up on the program today, Anthony Schwartz, Brown's third round pick. Wide receiver out of Auburn will join us to talk about his first six weeks with the football team, a little roller coaster talk as well, and uh, a little YouTube channel that he has uh, developed, uh, developed, I should say, over the last few weeks. But we start with OTAs, the team back on the field again this week, Gribs. A lot of guys back in the building, uh, almost 60 players. To be exact, a lot of defensive guys here and and some of the fresh faces, including John Johnson, the third and Troy Hill, Sione Takitaki, the first time we've seen him here uh, this offseason. So nice to get a lot of those guys back into the building Uh, And case Keenum on the offensive side, throwing the football around Kaderil Hodge with a nice uh, day in the part that we could see. Uh, but uh, another day of work, another week of work here for this football team as, as guys continue to pour in.
1: Yeah, and it, for us today it was kind of like you're getting closer and closer to seeing what this defense could look like. I think some some key players still not here, but the thing that came into focus for me is really you see Greedy out there, you see Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Troy Hill. That's basically four new players in your secondary uh, to go along with Denzel Ward today, who who made a, a nice little play at the end of practice there as well. So. That secondary, which received so much, much needed attention now kind of coming into focus. And the key thing for them is you just want them to stay healthy uh, and get to the season, because we know that this is a big talent injection that, frankly, uh, was needed, I I think, for the back end of the defense to really make it. So if you if your offense can build these leads, you feel good that you can protect them uh, after a couple of scares last season with some of those big leads.
0: Well, and just look no further, Pro Football Focus and their position rankings across the NFL. I'm fairly confident the Browns were not in the top 10 on the back end of this defense. At the end of the season, they come in number three now, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. and. A lot of guys out there making some plays. Uh, You talked about Denzel was active. It was good to see Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit with helmets on today and getting a little more work. And Greedy really seems to be getting pretty close to uh, being being able to go full go when we have training camp here in about six weeks.
1: Yeah, and it was good to hear from Greedy after practice as well. It just seems like a guy that's been through a lot and, and he's ready to kind of, Compete. Uh, I think he he's now in a situation that, frankly, is a little bit different than what he would have faced in 2020. I think 2020 he entered as the likely starter with uh, maybe not as much competition at that spot. This year he's going up against a, a first round draft pick and Greg Newsom. I think that that that's going to be a, a big challenge for him, but something where he clearly he's got the pedigree. Also, he even though he was a second round pick with the Browns, he definitely was pegged as a potential first round talent. Uh, With this team, he's got 12 games of starting experience. He's a good player. And I I think that if he's back to 100%, that just shows the the kind of depth you could have at that outside cornerback position entering the season.
0: Well, and and John Johnson III also made mention of the three safeties in in the backfield and the defensive scheme that I think Joe Woods wants to to imply here uh, in the 2021 season. And we got a few glimpses of some of those guys running around today and what they can and what they can do and what the potential is. And he mentioned it in his meeting with the media after practice, he's pretty excited about uh, what the back end of this defense is looking like after just being here for a few days.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting because we all have such high expectations for Grant Delp, but we got to remember, though, he's still – this is essentially going to be his rookie season on the field but he just looks so fluid, so smooth out there as, as, a, as, a, as a guy you want in the, in the center field, back end of your defense. And then the moments we saw with Ronnie Harrison last year were everything that you wanted to see from that kind of player. So a really good mix of body types and skill sets. And it's just going to be interesting what if all, all three can stay healthy, how are they deployed? How are they used uh, throughout the year? Because I, I have to assume John Johnson 3rd isn't coming off the field. So how do you rotate some of those those other guys and get all three of those guys on the field and really stretch the versatility of his defense.
0: Nice to see Sione Takitaki as well. Full, uh, basically a full complement uh, in that linebacker room. I know, I know Malcolm Smith has been around as well, especially on the virtual side of things. So uh, that room seems to be gelling a defensive line, a couple of guys out today, but they were here earlier in the week. And of course, last week, but the defense seems to be moving along and, uh you know i know that baker and a number of the skill guys are working out in texas and as coach politely said um that's out of the realm of my control or in terms of giving orders or you know instructions things along those lines coaching the people that are here but nice to have case keenum working with that offense and some of these guys that are trying to get those much-needed reps
1: yeah, and I will say you already notice it
0: a little bit out there. It, it
1: it just doesn't look like what it did last year in that there was just a lot of stopping, starting, teaching uh, during training camp when you're really supposed to be ramping up and you didn't have this spring session last year to get people comfortable with the offense. Now, this just looks like a team that's comfortable with what it's doing out there. And, and they're, they're able to go through things at, at kind of slow motion. They're not really running at full full speed right now, but it, it's, it's just a team that knows what they're running uh, comfortable with it while also breaking in some new people that are learning the system as well. And this is what, this is what you're supposed to see when you have continuity. And I think that that's, and, and honestly, that maybe plays into the fact where we've got to admit when we're watching this, not a ton of stuff to really talk about. I mean, it's just a team that that knows what it's doing and not a lot of highlights to pull from it because they're kind of just fine tuning things and, and kind of gradually working themselves into it at this point point and not having to, to show us brand new things that we haven't already seen before.
0: Well, and Anthony Schwartz will talk about it a little bit later, the reps that he's gotten, because the, there weren't a lot of people here in the first few weeks uh, after the NFL draft. But, you know, you're seeing all the, the offensive linemen, you know, from a second string, third string standpoint, guys getting first and second string reps and, and that, That can only help, especially on the depth side, in case, God forbid, and let's hope not, because there is a certain element of needing to stay healthy to be successful. But in the event something does happen, it's nice to see some of these guys really getting some much needed reps. We talked about the wide receivers and the running backs, but the offensive linemen here, the backups, really starting to get some good work as well.
1: Yeah, I've seen a couple guys and, and two of them being opt-out guys from last year and Colby Gossett and Drew Forbes. I mean, you saw a lot of the a lot of reps for them today out there as well. Rookie James Hudson is someone that really comes to mind that that's got to be benefiting uh from getting out there as well. Nick Harris, the, the rookie from last year, entering his second season. So yeah, just a ton of good work for these guys while while the starting offensive line expect them back next week here. But I, I think that they'll You you, you feel good with what they know and what they can do, but now now you're seeing the jockeying for for some of these final spots on the offensive line, and we saw how every one of those guys plus some guys we didn't expect uh, had to make some contributions to get you into the second round of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, after practice, Kevin Stefanski talked with the media. The biggest thing probably to come out of it is we're going to host some joint practices.
1: It's about Uh, time.
0: I was going to say, when was the last time you are, you are the kind of like the resident historian to a certain extent. I, I, When's the last time we hosted
1: gives, I don't know. I, I can just tell you it hasn't been since I've worked with the Browns okay. since 2014. And and so I, I think it's been a while. I'll just say it. I'll leave it at that. And, you know, I think, I think once we saw that it was able to be pulled off in Tampa with their setup, I was like, Oh, we can pull this off. Like that logistically Tampa was not the the most conducive to joint practices that you could have had. I'm like, the Browns got this. I, I think we can, we can go without having to spend a, a week somewhere in, in in preseason. So good to welcome the Giants here. I, I think it's, it's something I think, especially for these coaches that are hankering to make the most out of this training camp compared to last year. I, I imagine you're going to see a lot of these joint practices throughout uh, the preseason. And it, to me, it builds up to that. It, it, it's always usually that second preseason ga- game, anyways. But now this gets into how do you approach this second preseason game, and is this is this going to be your dress rehearsal, or do you see what the Browns did in, against the Colts the previous time, where you had a good week of practice, sit all those guys down, let the let the second and third string guys get the opportunities out there. That'll be interesting strategy, and then going into that Atlanta finale. Is that the dress rehearsal, or is that what we came to expect as that fourth preseason game where it's right before roster decision time? Uh, A lot for Stefanski to figure out on how he wants to manage it, and honestly, probably not something he's going to line up until he sees what he's got going into some of those games.
0: Yeah, also interesting, the preseason schedule out uh, earlier this week. Obviously, game one, uh, taking care of business, we're going to Jacksonville. and Tebow Mania. A little night game the debut of herb how about yeah. a little clever lawrence lots of stories uh yeah. on that preseason game number one and then you know that game against the giants sunday afternoon at one o'clock i'll take that all day long as opposed no, to I mean, a- seven o'clock
1: i mean that's just a perfect welcome back for hopefully what we what we hope is a full stadium i mean beautiful what you expect some sunny weather like this is like it's ideal like Let's let's, let's 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 treat this like a a regular season, like atmosphere. I think it's it's a nice little tester for the upcoming season. I, I like it. I mean, it, this is I, I've never been a part of a 1 p.m. Sunday preseason game, uh, so it, it's 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 a nice little warm up for the season.
0: Do you think that's because the league is really trying to get more of these games in the preseason on weekends for more people to attend? I think, and I, I mean, this is something that's been happening for the last couple of years. I
1: just don't think the Browns have been included in it. I think that uh, the Colts game a couple years ago was like a 4 p.m. game and that felt different, uh, but it's never had this 1 p.m. I just remember there's always been a couple of these sprinkled into the schedule and we just hadn't been fortunate to receive one up until now.
0: Yeah. Happy to do it. And then we close out the preseason, obviously with that Sunday night uh, football matchup. Against the Atlanta Falcons, that could be the dress rehearsal game. Could be more the fourth preseason game. Could be a little combination of both. So, whatever uh, it is, I believe it's the last preseason game of
1: 2021
0: in the NFL. Yep, and then they'll get 12 days off. Not, I mean, they're not going to get 12 days off. It'll be 12 days between that game and their next game. So, uh, including the cutdown day coming four days earlier, which is always a good thing. Yes. So on that Tuesday, that's a look at some of the stories making news and headlines around the National Football League and with your Cleveland Browns. Right now, it's our interview spotlight a chance to sit down with Browns wide receiver Anthony Schwartz, third round pick out of Auburn. Have a watch and have a listen. Here on the best podcast available, happy to be joined by our third round pick, wide receiver out of Auburn. Anthony Schwartz joins us here for a few minutes on the best podcast available with Gibbs and Gribbs. Anthony, a pleasure to have you, man, and welcome. What uh, has this past six weeks been like for you? Thank you for having me on. And these past six weeks, I, I'll
2: say it's been a little just kind of rapid fire, like bang, 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 like coming up for rookie minicamp every day, just learning, just learning the playbook. It just felt like I was getting a million things thrown at me, but being a, these past six weeks, I've kind of been great for me learning wise. I've been able to kind of learn the base of the offense, learn most of the plays that we've gone through and become more comfortable with the offense and becoming to understand it more, understanding the why and understanding every position out there. And so it's been a great time, especially like meeting, meeting a lot of the guys. They've been good, cool guys. And just I was, it's been a great time so far.
1: What, what do you like so far about what you've learned about this offense?
2: I just like the balance of it and just like how everything is, like how everything is, like how it's all set out to you, how it kind of it's easy. Like it's easy to like remember, like they do a lot of keys to remember what you have on this and what you have on that. And just been really just getting back into the huddle. I thought it would be a big struggle with like the play, the play size and like the calls. But it's actually been a little bit easier than I thought it would be.
0: All right, so Chad O'Shea is your position coach. We love Chad O'Shea on all of our properties. Uh, he's, he's a regular on the radio show. He does a lot of things with us and we are big fans of Chad O'Shea. Is there something that stands out to you that Chad O'Shea, maybe a piece of advice, what's the best piece of advice he's given you since
2: uh, you started up here? The best advice he's given me is just to know what I'm here for. I'm here to play football. And I'm here to – That's and that's and it's just that pretty much, just here to play football. Don't want to say – don't want to say anything really out the ordinary, just you're here to do your job, you're here to play football, and you're here to just have a great time.
1: Anthony, going back to rookie minicamp, it was kind of a unique situation where there were so few guys on the field, but a lot of one-on-one attention you got with the coaches. How beneficial was that period for you? And have you ever been a part of an experience where you're basically one of the
2: only receivers on the field getting reps? And how, did that, how how was that experience for you? It was honestly, it was great for me just being able to get one-on-one time with Coach O'Shea. And it was just great going through a whole bunch of drills and just improving a lot. I felt like that weekend was one of the best I've ever, like, improved on day-to-day-to-day. To day to day. And it's just, I've never been a part of where it's just one or two receivers out there. And so it was kind of, it was a little, a little bit strange, but at the same time, it was great for me because I was able to learn a lot and go through everything. He was able to coach me through each drill and not having to rush everything, just kind of being able to sit there and break it down for me.
0: Is, is there one thing that in all the work that you've been doing here recently that you say to yourself, this is something that I've got to work on when camp breaks next week? You know, after mini camp, before we get to training camp and the bullets really start flying, it, was there something that stands out to you that you really want to work on?
2: I really, I just want to work on being more consistent in my routes. Just, I feel like I'm getting a lot better with them, feeling a lot more comfortable. Now it's all about just staying in control. And once I get a control done, I feel like I'll be a whole different person from that point.
1: All right, Anthony, I'm going to go way back on, on this one with, with this question and might make you think hard about it. When did you first realize that you were really, really fast? Like, how, how, how long ago did, did that click for you
2: really I would say around not not even ninth grade really 10th grade it's kind of when um, that's when I ran my fastest times ever at that point I ran a 10 three and 10 two and back to back weeks and that's when I kind of realized like oh like I'm like I'm fast like I can I'm pretty fast
0: <laughs> okay so if I've got this right, Florida 2A state 100-200 record, youth world record in the 100 in 2017. Is there a record and a lot of other accolades, whether it's from a football side or a track side, is there one record that stands out that you're most proud of? I would
2: <laughs> I would say it would be between um, uh, the world youth record and then my, uh, the Florida 2A record. Because the world youth record, that's something that's around the whole world. Like it's not just attributed to one part or the other. It's the whole world. It's under eighteen. And hopefully I can keep it on for this year. It might get broken this year. Got a fast kid another fast kid out of Florida coming out. But but that's one thing about the Florida two way record. That's just out of all the people that come out of Florida, I just know that I have the record there. It's just insane and I hope that it stays for a long time.
1: Did you have a coach or two that was frustrated that this wasn't the path you wanted to go, though, full-time track? I mean, because you obviously chose football. I mean, did did people try to tug you in the other direction with this stuff?
2: There was a little bit, like, people on the track side just saying that, you know, you're really good at this if you keep on going. And here you can possibly make an Olympic team. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good and all, but, like, my first (laughs) – like, if, if I stick to playing football, I can make it to the NFL, which has been my dream since I was a kid. And so, you know, it just came to that point where my love for football was just too much, was more than my love for track. And I decided to take that path. And uh, obviously it's taking me to this point. Hopefully it can take me a lot further.
0: Is there a favorite uh, favorite football player that you had growing up? Someone that you'd like to model your game after?
2: Not really model my game after, but my favorite football player growing up was Randy Moss. Just He was just a dominant, like complete beast. And then a little bit later, it was on um, Calvin Calvin Johnson Megatron, and just pretty much the same for the same reason. I love Randy Moss; like he's just a beast out there, dominating. No one can stop him. And I don't, I don't, I don't have the same like play style as them because those are big six five receivers. But I want to have the same mentality. I want to have that same presence on the field where I get on the field and I want to dominate.
1: And that's the thing you've you've talked a lot about how you don't want to be just known uh, as a speed guy. Like how seriously have you taken? just all the nuances of, of being a wide receiver and, and how much further do you think you have
2: to go in that area? I take it really seriously. It's one of those things that I pride myself on becoming an actual wide receiver and not just being the quote unquote speed guy, track guy, because I feel that's just disrespectful to me because I've worked all my life to get to this point And just for, to be labeled as a one trick pony, it just feels like disrespectful to me. So I take pride in working on that, I take pride in, just becoming that full receiver. And I still have a lot of ways to go, just like everyone else does, but I feel like I'm on the right track as of right now.
0: You've come from a pretty impressive tree of coaches from high school, Patrick Sertain, uh, obviously in college uh, with Gus and you know the success that you guys had at Auburn. Um, what is Kevin Stefanski? What's your biggest takeaway from Kevin Stefanski? Really, that
2: he's a down to earth, like he's a down to earth guy, like he's always out, he's out there with us all the time. I've seen him in the morning, like just watching our lists and getting, sometimes getting lists with us. But at the end of the day, he's also a guy of of work, of hard work, and he prides himself on hard work, and that's good for me because I've always been a hard worker. I've always prided myself on that, and that's why I really, I really like Coach Stefanski a lot. And you've gotten
1: to know a guy like Jarvis pretty well here. Uh, what 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 about his mentality? Have you have you love love getting to know and, and being able to soon share the field with him?
2: Well, I love I love his dog mentality. Like uh, that's just because I've, I've been watching him since he was on the Dolphins and he's been a dog since then. He's been a dog since college, really. And so just seeing his dog mentality and how he carries himself is just amazing to see. Because I feel like I carry that same mindset where I'm, beat, I'm I want to beat the guy in front of me every time. I want to dominate. And then just seeing how he works too. He's always serious in his work. But he's not, he's not the type that he'll, he'll teach me. Like, he'll help me with, like, what I need to do. Like, if it's on the, on the field, he'll, like, see what I'm doing and just say what I can do to get better and say what I can do to improve
0: myself. Talking with Anthony Schwartz, our third-round pick, wide receiver out of Auburn. All right, you're in the huddle. Play comes through. Is there one play uh, that you just get super excited about when your number is called? that you just, you've got to almost keep it in. You're so excited to run a play. Is there a favorite play in the Anthony Schwartz playbook?
2: There's been a few plays that I've really liked enjoying, And then I just love, I love when I hear a call because I know it's getting to me and I know it's one of the best things I do too. And so I know when it's called that I'm gonna be ready and I'm gonna just show out and do what I, show what I can do.
1: Anthony, what, what did playing in the SEC do to get you ready for
2: the NFL? Really what it does is playing in the SEC, you play against NFL talent every week. No matter if it's no matter if it's the Georgia's, the Alabamas, the old missus, the Mississippi States, just every team has a whole bunch of NFL quality players. And especially playing against those teams like Alabama and Georgia, they pretty much have NFL rosters. So going against those guys is just it just helps you get prepared for that next level and then shows that if you can if you can dominate in the SEC that means it, the NFL won't be easy, but you'll have an easier transition than most. I I, I would feel like
0: toughest place to play in the SEC. I would say it was, it's either between
2: Jordan Hare or the Swamp.
1: See, I, I've I've been to all of them, Anthony. So I, I've got to I've got to ask you though what what did any place catch you off guard when you were going in, in the SEC? The stuff you heard from fans or just the atmosphere? Did any anything any wow factor down there?
2: I will say I was um, I was surprised by how loud Georgia would get.
0: I got gotcha. you. At right. Stanford. There you go. Okay. Um, Are you on a roller coaster aficionado? Do I have that correct? Yeah, you have
2: that 100% correct. I love roller coasters.
0: All right. And I feel like you're going to be the new spokesperson for Cedar Point before it's all said and done. <laughs> what biggest – Best roller coaster at Cedar Point, in your opinion?
2: Oh, Steel Vengeance all the way. Really? No, no, no question. Why? It's just that's something that I've never, you don't see anything like that, like ever. I've never been on any ride like that. It's just, I'm, I was out of my seat pretty much half the time. And it's just all the, just all the, I can't even explain it. It's like all the things you do in the coaster. Just, I've never done anything like that on any other ride. And it's just insane to see.
0: What about Top Thrill or Millennium Force?
2: I say Millennium Force is better than Top Thrill. Top Thrill, it's a it's a great ride, of course. That launches like nothing else. But Millennium Force is just like it's a longer coaster than me, and so I can appreciate the length is going and then how fast it's going throughout this whole layout.
1: So, Anthony, have you already found time to get there since you've been drafted, or you had you been there
2: before? I, I've never been there before. And then I got, then coming up here, I had a few weekends where we were off for an extended period of time. And so I was able to go out there. I've been, I've been there two times so far.
1: So, so what's the backstory? There's got to be like, as a kid, was there like a first experience that got you hooked on this stuff?
2: It's just like growing up, I always was at, went to like either Disney World or Universal every year. And so when you go to Universal, you see the Hulk out there. You see back in the day when it was, when Dueling Dragons was there. And like, I'm like, mom, I really want to go on those, but I was too small. And so like, when then you go to Disney, you see, you go on Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, rock and roller coaster. And that's kind of, those stills are some of my favorite rides to this day, but I kind of started from there and it built on and where now I want to pretty much go on every roller coaster I see.
0: All right, so big roller coaster aficionado. YouTube channel now? YouTube channel in play?
2: Yeah, I started up a YouTube channel. My first um, vlog was comparing um, Kings Island and Cedar Point, so I was able to go to both of them. And I'm not going to give no spoilers away, but you can watch the video on my YouTube channel. It's just, um, it's just Anthony Schwartz. And, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good channel. I got a lot more things coming soon on that channel.
0: Good.
1: And, Anthony, I know you worked with some of my former colleagues at AL.com on, on the behind-the-scenes stuff before the draft. What was it like – opening people up to that experience and and what's it like now that you'll always forever have that documented no matter how old you 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 get that'll that'll always be videotaped to what you went through these last few months
2: I think it was great honestly just because people get to see my story hear my story and just so like kind of helps me open up to other people who might not know me you might just think who might have one opinion of me and just didn't know the true me or what I've been doing, and maybe people that I thought I was just like, just like didn't come from like what they thought I came from, or just stuff like that. Just was great, just getting my story out there and showing, just showing people the real me.
1: And and I'll just ask this last one: When you're sitting there nervous, waiting for the for the for you to get drafted, are you even thinking that the cameras are even there, or are you so locked into
2: to the moment that you didn't even real,
1: you you forgot they were even there?
2: I'm so locked into the moments that like I didn't even really. I didn't really like know that I didn't do anything like to sh- like for show. Like everything I did on there was just 100% me. Like i and even even when they I knew they were there, like they were working and stuff. I just didn't want to put on a show. I wanted to just be me because only you can only be true to yourself, and that's what I feel like was that was to show was how like I actually
0: am. Sounds like someone who came from a, a pretty special family as well. We appreciate it and congratulations on everything that you've got so far and a lot of work to go before we report to training camp at the end of July, but we appreciate your time and we wish you all the best and here's hoping to get a few more roller coasters in before we, uh, before we get to training camp, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Special thanks to Anthony Schwartz for his time. Uh, a great young man, super fast. We know about the speed. Obviously, he knows what he's got to work on from a a route running standpoint, and that continues to to, to progress. And Gribbs, another guy that really could get some meaningful snaps at some point here for this football team in 2021.
1: Yeah, I think this is a pretty, not to pat ourselves on the back here, but this is a pretty ideal situation for him to kind of find himself in, because it's a combination of you're going into an offense, like with Kevin Stefanski's that obviously gets the most out of their wide receivers and has what you would see as like an opportunity for him to help right away. This team needs more downfield speed. needs to be able to stretch the field a little bit more was clearly an area of weakness in the second half of the season, even though the offense was humming in all other facets. That's the good thing. Also on the flip side, he's not being thrown into a situation where he's just going to be handed a pretty significant role. I, I think that He's going to be able to work on the things he needs to work on, develop, and the Browns don't need to rely on him to be taking 40, 50 snaps uh, a game. uh, You know, you've got four or five guys coming back that have some major experience, including two perennial pro bowlers and Landry and Beckham. So, I mean, like, this is a a, a best of both worlds where he can find maybe a situational role while grooming himself to one day become a a guy that's on the field uh, most snaps for you.
0: Yeah. Definitely a guy to watch, uh, especially as we get into mandatory minicamp next week. And then obviously as we get into training camp, mandatory minicamp is next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, players will come in on Monday. They'll get their physicals, go through the team meeting portion, kind of get an idea of what the schedule is going to look like for the week. And then on the field, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then dismissed for summer vacation. Gribs, what are you looking forward to seeing from this full squad workout next week,
1: but at first I just want to see the whole team together, and then I think that's the one thing that we're you're seeing bits and pieces. We've gotten a nice little buildup. It was rookies, then it was most of the defense, and it's it's nice little gradual buildup to seeing all ninety of the guys together. And then I just want to see what it looks like in, in terms of what what's going to be the focus, especially with the eleven on eleven. You you want to make the most of the time you get out there, but again, it's still not pads. You're not you're you're not going to be doing full football things but will there be some full speed work well what kind of stuff uh will you be working on and then for me it, it's just what, what what are you how are you looking defensively right away when you've got all your guys here who's lining up first who, who's gonna have to earn their spots or that you think might be starters but they start as second or third team guys I mean that's how how those orders look and how they operate as a team for those three days here
0: yeah, I think that will be fascinating to watch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Is there a position or or a player, I'll throw that in there too, that you're most interested in, in looking at and getting a better idea of?
1: Well, I think offensively, I'm just curious to see where Odell Beckham is at right now. I, I think we've seen the Instagram videos. I think we've seen a lot. I don't think we're expecting him to be like full go out there. I mean, you don't, you don't need to see it. But – I just want to see where he's at. Is is he going to be doing stuff like a, like Grant Delpit has been kind of working in and out, things like that, just see where he is along there. And just like to hear from him for the first time since uh, suffering that injury way back in the middle of last season that, and then defensively, obviously the defensive tackle competition is maybe the most open, but I, I, I don't know if I could safely project a locked in starter, maybe outside of, Anthony Walker in the, in that linebacker. I think that that is wide as wide open as you can get. And I think with the nature of what you're able to do in minicamp, you can see you can learn a lot from the linebackers, maybe more so than you're going to learn from the defensive tackles. You're not doing goal line drills. You're not doing running drills uh, during minicamp. So I, I think that we'll learn a little bit of of where that pecking order is with the linebackers and really where the guys fit in at certain spots. Because again, I know Anthony Walker is going to be in the middle somewhere outside that i I can't tell you where those other guys are lining up
0: it will be fascinating to also see i I know we're not tackling i know we're not in pads but early on how that wide receiver versus the new revamped secondary looks yeah especially denzel seems to be playing at a pretty high level right now you know troy Hill's going to find his way greg newsom they're going to test is is baker going to go at him right away I, i think it's I think it's something to uh, to watch next week in preparation for those training camp days uh, that are coming a lot quicker than maybe we all want them to, uh, especially on the back end of things and all the work that's being done behind the scenes. So uh, it, it's just it's going to be great, but there's going to be a lot thrown at those guys next week for everybody to be in the building. Coaches know you've got what 72 hours maybe with them. A lot is going to be thrown at them, not just on the football field, but in meetings galore, I would think.
1: Yeah, and you, you've seen some teams have already wrapped up their minicamps uh, because a lot of teams have approached this part of the offseason differently. I saw earlier today the Texans just scrapped minicamp uh, completely. Uh, so it, the Browns are full steam ahead with what they're going to do here, and I think it'll just be just good to see guys back, really the first Kevin Stavansky minicamp, and then seeing what that looks like and getting them ready and knowing that comes into July. I mean, that's when this get, gets real. And, and that's when uh, the competition is really going to go to another level because this is a lot of talent on a team that's got to be limited down to 53 players.
0: Yeah. And you'll have three cut down days. Uh, you cut five spots after that first game, a cut down after that second game. And then, you know, the big cut down from, I, I think it's 80 to 53 uh, yeah. in that final week of the, uh, the preseason as we like to call it. So uh, a lot still to be determined and a lot to look forward to, especially next week. Again, we'll have complete mini camp coverage on the best podcast available player interviews, maybe a coach interview thrown in there for you as well as a Donovan. Uh, we're going to throw everything at you. It's our last episode before we go on summer vacation for a few weeks and looking forward to getting some downtime to recharge the batteries before training camp begins. Thanks to Jeff McDaniel for all of his hard work. Thanks to Anthony Schwartz for his time. For Andrew Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Make sure you like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. For Gribbs, I'm Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.